I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome back. It is your Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Ian Mendes, Hilly Salvian with you in the driver's seat for the next, uh, I don't know, 45, 60 minutes, however long this podcast takes. Uh, coming up on the show today, uh, the general manager of Team Canada for the uh, men's team at the Olympics, Shane Doan, is going to drop by. We'll chat about uh, putting that team together, the roster together, and I'm going to have to ask Shane Doan about the 2004 World Cup of Hockey. I don't think he gets enough love for his role in that. So we've got Shane Doan coming up on the show. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Evander Kane as well. Scored in his Oilers debut on Saturday. The Oilers, are they back on track? Can they keep this going? And I'd like to ask a question to, uh, to Haley as well. And we'll do that maybe to wrap up the show, which is, which is the more impressive goal from Trevor Zegras this season? The lacrosse-style goal he scored at the Bell Center or that over-the-net set up to Sonny Milano. So there's a lot to get to on this uh, Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show as we bring in Haley for what will likely be, what, the last time in a couple weeks, three weeks here? Like you're, Haley Salvian is about the big leaguers here on the Athletic <laughs> Hockey Show. She's going to big league us by going and sitting on the desk at basically CBC, right? You're going to be at the CBC Olympic desk in Toronto helping anchor the uh, the coverage of the Olympic Games uh, starting later this week. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm big leaguing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be in Toronto for the Olympics. It's, uh, you know, a cool opportunity. I'm going to be there for for three weeks. We're doing a noon hockey show. And I was kind of brought in, you know, originally when the Olympians were, when the NHLers were going to be there, excuse me. It was like, you know, you cover women's hockey, you cover the NHL, like this is good. You can do both. Asked the athletic, they were good with it as long as I continue to write for the athletic. And then obviously NHLers aren't going, so now it's still like you know a focus on on the women's tournament, but also still the men's. There's just no NHLers, um, so yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be every day. It's going to be really busy. I'm still going to be writing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be doing it all from Toronto, and our show runs 
kind of during when we would normally be recording on Mondays. So yeah, this is it. Okay. Good luck. So let, let me yeah. just uh, let's just play this out here for a second, Haley, because you said yeah, the athletic was cool with it as long as I could keep writing. The question I'm going to ask on behalf of uh, myself and our fellow podcast producer, Chris Flannery, why didn't you protect the podcast? Where was that in your agenda? Why Why was it only your work, uh, your written work that was protected and the podcast was left unprotected? You know, we're feeling a little left out here, Haley. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't really have an answer for that. You don't. You don't. No, your answer says, your original answer says it all. It says it all. Uh, you know what? To be fair, like, I thought that the show was going to be, like, Monday to Friday. It's a new show, so I thought it would be, they told me, like, 10 to 2, Monday to Friday. Turns out it's also Saturdays and Sundays. So our original plan, Ian, we had these conversations. I guess you weren't part of it. It was myself and Chris. And I said, yeah, we can just record, like, Sunday nights. Right. Um, but the show is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for three so weeks. So. Okay, so so give us a sense of, <laughs> of, of what you're going to be doing with your studio work. So are you basically part of the studio panel that comes on pregame, intermissions, and postgame? No, so we're hosting a show every day at noon. So okay. it's a noon show with myself, PJ Stock, and Hunter Ryan Singh. And it's going to be kind of the recap slash look forward show every day talking about the games that happened last night because obviously these games are going to be on at 8 a.m., 11 p.m., um, so they're not – like in Eastern time because um, it is in China, which is 13 hours ahead of Eastern time. So it's going to be kind of that afternoon show that goes over like here's what you missed in the late game or what you may have missed at the game that puck drop was at 8 in the morning or 6 a.m. if you're mountain time in Calgary. Um, here's what's coming up later in the day. We're going to be doing um, – you know, different segments, like, like like I said, kind of recapping highlight show, but also, you know, analyzing the games, talking about the players, talking about their stories, um, you know, interviewing people, bringing guests on. So it's going to be just, you know, a hockey show that runs every day for an hour um, in the afternoon, and then it will run pregame as well. So before the pregame shows run, that show will air again. And there'll be some stuff, you know, with with the intermission panelists. CBC actually brought on um, Shannon Zabados as a panelist, so she's going to be doing intermission work. Uh, Cheryl Pounder is yeah. going to be doing color commentary for some of these games. Like they've got a really great, um, you know, group of people who are going to be providing analysis on the games. And then there's me. <laughs> and then there's you. So was your original too. plan? Was your original plan, if there was no COVID, would you have been going over to uh, to Beijing and, and, and covering the, the women's tournament? Uh, no. No, I wasn't. I was going to cover everything from here. Okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if you were missing out on a, uh, on a trip. No, no. See, I would have loved to have tried to do this. If we thought you have a delay in Calgary on the podcast, I kind of wanted to do it from Beijing to see what would happen with you. Like, what if our chemistry was unbelievable when there was a 13-hour time difference and, like, a little bit of a, more of a lag? Imagine, like, our chemistry was was even better. Yeah. I, like, I I mean, I don't see how it can improve. <laughs> yeah. You can't beat. You can't top perfection. Okay. Last question, because I'm a former TV uh, guy. I worked a long time in TV. So how many, how many days in a row will you be working on CBC here? Like, 17, 14? So I, I fly out um, 
tomorrow morning. And then our first show is February 5th. And then it's every single day from the 5th until the end of the Olympics. So it's 15 straight days of shows. Okay. So this is where my curious television brain goes. 15 straight days of television equals how many outfits are you Oh my bringing? gosh. I've been stress shopping. Like, do you know how yeah. stressful it is going to the mall, like knowing like I need to come home with a bunch of stuff so I, that I can wear on national television? It is painful. And I like, I don't know. I found, I've been trying to, it, because the set, they send us a picture and you work with a stylist. Like they don't have outfits provided to you, but the stylist will help give, um, you know, pointers on colors and like, outfits at work and et cetera, et cetera. The set is brown. So I can't wear like staple pieces. So I've basically had to go out and buy things of co- like, I have to buy like reds and blues and greens, like things that will pop on the pop. brown set. Yep. So it's not like I can just go out and buy like capsule wardrobe staple pieces. I'm like, you know, here's a red, a red blazer and a blue blazer. So I've tried to just like mix and match items that you can be like, okay, I can wear Okay. This as like a full set one day, but then I can wear that blazer with these pants another day. I don't know. I feel like I'm just going to keep stress shopping. <laughs> That's the fun thing for our, maybe we have a game and for our listeners, they, they, the, the first time that you fully repeat an outfit, somebody has to call it out on, on Twitter. And That's cruel, Ian. We- I'm self-conscious. It's part of TV. I listen. I went to don't the, make I, a game over my lack of style. I'm already stressed out. <laughs> I once covered. I went away to cover. I've covered a couple Olympics on television, but I did uh, 41 days away to cover the FIFA World Cup in 2006, and I went over as part of a, a conglomerate with TSN and Sportsnet and CTV. I had to file every day. I think I had five golf shirts that they approved for me to wear. Like, imagine that, like it was, (laughs) and a jacket or whatever, but like it was. Did you just like put on the back of each shirt, like Monday, (laughs) I should have, I should (laughs) have. Anyway, so I, listen, I understand, I I get the pain, I understand uh, what that's all like. Hey, speaking of the Olympics coming up, uh, we're going to air an interview that we did with Shane Doan. Now for the benefit of our listeners, uh, we'll let you know that uh, we did this interview with Shane Doan. Uh, late last week, I think it was Thursday or Friday of, of last week, and that is before the news broke on the weekend that there's going to be a new person in charge of uh, of Team Canada on, on the men's side at the Olympics. So why don't you just really quickly update our listeners, Haley, on what happened to Claude Julian, because I this is an odd situation, odd story, and he's out as head coach. Yeah, so the Team Canada, like the men's team, is doing a training camp in in Davos, Switzerland right now, about eight-day training camp before they head over to Beijing. And during one of their off-ice kind of team-building activities at their training camp, um, Julian slipped on ice and sustained fractured ribs. So the advice of the medical team with Hockey Canada that's there with them in Switzerland said that he will no longer be able to um, lead the team. So the advice of the medical staff, um, they determined he would be unable to fly to Beijing to participate in the 2022 Olympics due to the injury. So, you know, I think their, their training camps got to be, uh, you know, forgive me, I don't have the exact dates, but I mean, the games begin for the women on the second, the men's tournament starts on the ninth. So you would think that they were going to head over 
in the next week or so. So you're what, like five, five days out from going to the Olympics and you fall on ice and break your ribs and now you can't go. And now Jeremy Calden has been named the head coach of Team Canada. So I believe they have a Zoom call that's happening with with Shane Doan, who we already spoke to, and Jeremy Calden happening this afternoon. And, uh, you know, I, I think in the statement, you know, Jeremy's obviously excited to be the coach of Team Canada, but the circumstances of it are, are really unfortunate for Claude Julien. Yeah, and, and the way we're, we're thinking about this is, you know, Claude Julien, the medical of, uh, personnel is saying, look, you can't, you can't get on a, you got broken ribs. It's really hard to get on a plane, the altitude change, all that stuff. It's very painful. Don't do it. Well, I would imagine that that also precludes him from flying back to North America. Like, basically, if, you, if you're stuck in Switzerland and you can't fly out for a week or so, uh, at least, if not longer, uh, you can't fly home either, right? So mm -hmm. is Claude Julien just going to be stuck in Switzerland for the next, I don't know, 10 days? Two weeks. What what a tough break. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is unfortunate, like, especially if he's going to be sit and again, we don't know. We don't have confirmation that he's going to be in Switzerland this whole time. Um, you know, maybe they'll approve him flying back home so he can actually go home and actually rest and recover in his own home instead of being alone in a hotel room. Um, but you know, if you're, you're stuck in Switzerland, I know it's beautiful. And, and Shane Doan told us once we had already finished recording that. Davos is so beautiful, and he was telling us, um, you know, again, off off recording when we were finished the interview, like, you've got to go there. It's amazing. So it sounds like it's not the worst place in the world to, to be shacked up for a bit, but can you imagine just sitting there, like, icing your broken ribs watching puck drop for the men's tournament that you were supposed to coach? Like, that sucks. I, I feel bad. It's really unfortunate for him, and you just hope that he's going to end up being okay too because broken ribs aren't really – that's no joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not at all. And, yeah, Switzerland sounds amazing. And, you know, you got to appreciate like people like Shane Doan. Don't you feel like you just live in a different stratosphere than them, though, when they're like, you got to get to Switzerland. You got to just get to Davos as if it's just like a, a quick trip for us. Like, you know, we're like, you got to get to <laughs> – you know, for you, got to get to Banff. You live in Calgary or something. But, like, getting to Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool to listen to him. Uh, and we'll, we'll play this interview in a second, but listen to him. Uh, he like to give our listeners a little sense. Oftentimes we will do interviews with guests on, you know, in the zoom era, we do the zoom, we do the interview, we thank them and they quickly hang up. And that's that Shane yeah. Doan. It was like, okay, Shane, thanks so much. And the interview stopped. And then he probably stayed with us another, I don't know, 12 minutes, 13 minutes, just wanted to chat about, Switzerland and just, you know, it was, it was a great, it was a great conversation. And it, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's great. Cause sometimes you do, you get those, those guests that are like, oh, okay, thanks. See ya. Bye. Click. And they, and they hang up. Yeah. He's great. Like he's, he's very um, chatty. He's very engaging. I think it was a really good interview. He gave some great insight into some of the players that were selected to play for team Canada, their stories. And I think, you know, it's not the NHL. It's not the best players in the world going, but like there's going to be some good stories. There's going to be some good players here. And I think anytime we can, you know, kind of shed some light on some of the names and faces and stories to look out for before the tournament starts, it's going to be what draws interest. You know, if somebody hears something they really like about Devin Levi um, or uh, Eric Stahl or 
um, you know, Owen Power is going to be there. Like, like there's some there's some big names. Like, there's some interesting names and, and things to watch for for Team Canada here. And you know, I think Shane Doan talking about it is going to you know make it all the more interesting for people to to tune in and watch and, and follow those stories. Yeah, and I think on just from the uh, men's tournament perspective, it goes back like. You know, Maddie Beniers is going to play for Team USA, and, and Jake Sanderson is going to play for Team USA. And like you said, yeah. you get you get Owen Powers, and you get um, you know some some high end talent playing in this tournament. It gives you a reason to tune in. It's mm-hmm. almost like a little touch of the World Juniors meets the Olympics, which is great because you know way back when there was Olympic Games where Eric Lindros was a highly sought after prospect. He played at the Olympics. Paul Correa was a highly thought of prospect. He played at the Olympics and, and there was a great intrigue factor. Like, I wonder what these kids are going to do on the big stage. Peter Forsberg was like that too. So I think that this year's tournament is going to have a little bit of that element, which makes it a little bit more exciting than, than 2018. Now, I also got to ask you this. I was, I was asking you about the wardrobe and you got a wardrobe person. And one of the other great benefits of television is you often have a research person. Okay. These research people are amazing. Like they will, they will email you these stats and facts and figures and newspaper articles. Like they are indispensable, these, these people. So what's the, what's the setup here at the CBC for kind of giving you some, some research heading into, uh, in, into the tournament? Yeah, it's, um, it's really helpful. We have, um, our main researcher, his name is Dennis. And, you know, I've been seeing a lot of Dennis in my inbox lately, and he's been great. He's been putting uh, packages together on every team with, um, you know, biographical and statistical information on every player on every team as the rosters come out. And and it's so invaluable, um, you know, just to be able to have that package in front of you to go over and read and add your little notes to of things that you've heard or things that you've found, players to watch for. Um, you know, just having that package kind of prepared and, and right in front of you versus, you know, having to go and put that together, which I have no problem doing. I mean, I've done that in the past. We do that for our own articles. You put together your own research for NHL stuff or women's hockey stuff. You know, I'm so used to to doing that. But, you know, having someone actually provide that research is so is so helpful and so invaluable. Um, in terms of like my own prep, obviously the research great, but you know, I've just been kind of talking to people, um, you know, specifically with the women's team talking about, you know, hey, what do you think about Brianna Decker heading into the Olympics? Uh, you know, what makes Poulin so special? Um, you know, tell me about Jamie Lee Rattray. And, you know, you just, you take those research packets, but you can always take that up a couple notches by making some calls and, and putting in that prep work. Because I think on the women's side and the men's side too, but specifically for these women, like, you know, there's some players on Team Canada who – are breaking out onto the national team at like 28, 29 years old. Like Jamie Lee Rattray has had a long journey to this point to make her first Olympic team. And she's, you know, going to be an important piece of, of Team Canada here. And, you know, Erin Ambrose, this is like a, you know, over a decade long journey for her to finally make her first Olympic team. And then you've got these young players who are making their debuts who are special right away. Like there's always different stories and they all deserve to be told because, this is it for some of these women. Like there is no legitimate, like there is no NHL for these women right now. So they've got their, they get their moment every four years. And I think it's really important that we 
the people who cover it, the people who take on Olympic opportunities um, from a journalistic or media standpoint. I think it's really important that we put the work in and tell these stories because some of them will only get one Olympics. Um, and that's their moment on this huge, huge stage. And, you know, I think it's important that we share everything it took to get there and, and you know, every, and how important it is and, and how good they are. I, I just, I'm really, um, I feel really lucky that I get the opportunity to to share these players' stories because some of them are great. <laughs> like these these women work so so hard to be here, um, and I'm excited to be able to share those stories. And same for the men. Um, we'll hear from Shane Doan. Some of them, I thought, uh, some of the college goalies just like wanting to leave to to go play for their country. I think those are great stories. I I really think there's going to be a lot of great content coming out of this Olympics, even though the NHLers aren't going to be there. Well, uh, speaking of some great content, why don't we get right to it? Like you said, I uh, had a great chance to catch up with Shane Doan here. Uh, we did this interview uh, a, a few days ago. So this was just before, unfortunately, that news about uh, Jeremy Colleton and, uh, and Claude Julian came down. Uh, but this is a pretty wide-ranging interview. We talked to Shane Doan about putting the team together, that leak uh, with the IIHF uh, un, un, uh, inadvertently put out the uh, Team Canada roster all of that little uh, trip down memory lane to the World Cup of 2004. Uh, so here's our uh, in-depth conversation with, uh, with Shane Bowe. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Haley, this is uh, this is going to be a real treat, I think, for our uh, audience here because we've got uh, Shane Doan, a uh, longtime member, of course, of the Arizona Coyotes, and now wearing the hat of uh, general manager for Team Canada at the upcoming Olympic Games. Uh, Shane Doan, thanks for joining us on the Athletic Hockey Show all the way from Switzerland. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much, Ian. Thanks for having me on, Haley. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Yeah, listen, uh, I mean, uh, I guess our first question, like, you guys are kind of doing this uh, a little bit of a training camp in Switzerland leading into the Olympic Games. So, uh, I just want to know kind of what's, what's, what's it like getting everybody together, uh, getting everybody under one roof and, and trying to run a, a, a kind of a compressed training camp here. You know what? It's, it has been difficult as some of the, the leagues are ending at different times where the Swiss league actually has a couple more games to go before they can come see us. Uh, the Swedish league as well. Um, the, the Russian league has been done. So we got those guys, we got guys from the AHL, we've got some guys from the NCAA. So we're, it's been uh, it's been interesting and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Our coaching staff's done a, done a great job of, of kind of blending it all together. So, you know, maybe just to go back to just getting the start with this, Shane. When did you kind of know, or when was the idea kind of put in your head like this might be happening? You know, the NHLers might not be coming, so start to get ready for this because you were, 
named the GM of the Spangler Cup, which kind of made everyone assume like, all right, this is he'll kind of step yeah. into the the Olympic role if the NHLers don't go. When did that idea get planted? And then when did you kind of find out, okay, this is this is what's gonna happen? Start getting ready to to build out your roster here. Yeah, you know what? We we actually started with the Channel One Cup, which is a it's a tournament in Russia where the four so Sweden, Finland, the Czech Republic, and Russia, they play a four-team tournament where they play against each other, each in their own home country, and then they have a final tournament at the end of it all to see who's the four the four-country cup or something. And they let us play in the in the Russian one. And when they let us do that, we had to put a roster together of the KHL guys. So we started looking just at guys to make sure we understood who was available and to get a chance to look at them. And then from there, we were going to go to the Spangler. And when the Spangler got canceled, we had already put the team together for what we were going to use in the Spangler. So then we'd had the opportunity to look at the, the KHL guys and some of the guys from the Swedish league and from the Finnish league. And now we had a chance to look at the, we were looking at everyone from the NR, the, the Swiss league here. And when they canceled the Spangler, we were like, man, that's probably looking like they might not be able to do the NHL. And we, we need to start really putting a team together of both of those teams and whoever else we could bring from kind of around the world. And and how did you want to make this roster? Because it's uh, you do have a nice mix. You get the you know an older guy like an Eric Stahl, but you, you're working in the Owen Powers and you're working in Mason McTavish. Did you have an idea going in as a group that we were going to bring X number of young kids, X number of vet, kind of guys in the middle, and maybe a couple of veteran guys? Um, I think that there was ideally you, you kind of have an idea in your head of what you want, but it kind of it, it kind of ebbs and flows throughout the whole process. We're like, okay, well, this is actually a better situation. We might need to look at this a little bit differently. Um, obviously, we're ecstatic about the way it turned out with uh, having the opportunity to have a guy like Eric Stahl come. Um, uh, and Owen Powers is a special talent. And Mason McTavish is a guy that we're all going to watch for a long, long time. Um, but to have the, some of those veteran guys, we have Max Nero, who played on the last Olympics in, in 2018. We have a couple other guys that played in the 2018 Olympics as well. We were just trying to make sure that we had a good mix of everybody. But the whole point was to win. <laughs> like we weren't, it wasn't like we had this plan of what we want to do and we're going to build. We, our goal is to pick the best players that we could find and uh, hope that they are the guys that are going to bring us home gold. Shane, can you maybe speak to Eric Stahl and what he's going to bring to this roster? I mean, obviously, he was one of the better centers of his generation for for a long time. He won gold in 2010, and and you said you you know you're excited to have him on this team, and you guys would have played at the same time too. So, what's that like to have Eric Stahl on Team Canada and to now kind of be his boss? <laughs> well, I don't think I'm anyone's boss. I just try to manage. That's our job. <laughs> but um, you know what? It's one of those things that uh, he's elite. He's he's won the Stanley Cup. He's won the Conn Smythe. He's done the whole uh, Olympics. He's won the Olympics. He's won at every level. Um, him and I have played on Team Canada together a couple times. Um, and so to have him here, it's incredible. It gives um, that credibility that this is team Canada. Like it, you have that kind of, and I know it's put a pressure on, on Staller, but he's the guy that the other countries look to as well. And they're like, Oh, we're playing team Canada. Eric Stahl's on that team. Um, as well as our own guys are like, yeah, we are team Canada. Eric Stahl's one of our main guys and he's somebody we're going to rally around and he's been here and he knows what it takes and he's done this before. And so it's, 
it's it's really nice to have him and uh, we're very grateful that he said yes and was able to do it um it was uh it was one of those good days when it worked out you uh, you mentioned you played with eric a couple of times uh for for team canada uh 2006 olympics in turin in italy you were on yeah. the team and he was on the taxi squad what yeah. do you remember about eric stahl taxi squad member 16 years ago well, I think he'd already won the Stanley Cup, and I was a little grumpy about that. So um, I, I, I'd only been in the league for ten years and still hadn't even came close. I don't think I'd won a playoff round, so I was grumpy about that. Um, you know what? He just—he's a guy that, as a centerman, as you said, he's a gen, one of those generational guys that was the face of that franchise. That took him to a Stanley Cup. Was a dominating player. Um, he was a younger guy. I played with his his younger brother Jordy the following year. And uh, it was, it was just, they're just, they're good family. They, they talk about good breeding and good bloodlines there. Cause they got some, those, I got to play with all, all four of them at one point and uh, they're a special family. And for him to be there was, was unique and, and something that uh, 2006 isn't exactly the one we want to remember, but uh, at the same time, uh, it was fun to be there and it's a, it's the Olympics, which is so special. I know you said you got, you know, a good mix of veterans and and some young guys. Obviously, we're talking about Eric. I'm curious, you know, just looking across, you know, the rivalry with the U.S. roster, I think they grabbed about 15 college players. Was there an attempt to get younger players, like more um, college NHL prospects or CHL players? Like, did you find some roadblocks with getting CHL players um, into the mix? No, it was was really the guys that we felt were – um, capable of helping the most on um, inside the parameters of, that was laid out in front of us and in regards to if you're on an NHL contract, even if it was a two-way contract, we weren't allowed to have them. And um, The Mason McTavage was a unique situation where he'd been sent down to, the, to play on a CHL team, so we had to ask them for permission. And the, the Peter Burrell and then Hamilton, when they were both, they were great about letting him come and um, – so there wasn't really any roadblocks, but uh, in Canada, we we have, I think, 4,500 NHL games on the roster. So, I mean, it's one of the things that is nice is that we do – it's not that we didn't go with the young guys. We went with a few that we thought could really help us, and we went with some guys that are have had great careers in the NHL and are still having really good careers over in, in Europe. What do you think we're going to see from someone like Owen Power in this tournament? Well, I'm a huge Owen Power fan, so I, I think uh, I've known him for three or four years now, and um, just he's an incredible talent. I don't think people really understand how good he is. Like uh, uh, what he did for us at the World Championships, line to just this last one in Latvia, he was incredible. And uh, nothing has really been handed to him. He's had to kind of go out and, and work for it. He wasn't one of the guys that were was chosen early on that this guy's going to be, you know, predestined as a great player. He just has kind of come onto the scene in the last year and a half, two years for some, I I've been a huge fan for the last four years. I'm just <laughs> stating that, but um, uh, I, I think he's going to be, he's going to be great for us. He's got some guys around him, some veteran guys on the blue line. Our blue line's a, a veteran group for the most part. And that, that was important. And uh, he's going to have the opportunity to kind of be around those guys and it'll be good. Uh, yeah, just to, just to follow up on that, another young guy, and you brought up uh, the name of Mason McTavish, and he's from kind of where I'm from in, in Ottawa. And I, I think my understanding was, Shane, that uh, when Mason was contacted by Hockey Canada, it was his parents that were on the call and kind of got to share that moment and break the news. 
Uh, were you on that call with Mason? And is that something you did with a number of players that that you allowed their family to be part of that process? You know, you know what? I, I wasn't on that call. Um, that was Scott Stan, uh, Scott Salmon with Hockey Canada. So Mason had just been at the World Juniors, and Mason's dad played over here in Sw- in Switzerland, and was uh, he actually came over here and played in Switzerland uh, himself during the uh, 2020 year. So it was kind of an opportunity to let, to let that happen that way. Um, we wanted to kind of make it special for guys if we could. Some of the guys, it was just that the cool call, the call some friends, uh, people that I'd known and played with or against. Uh, it always that's a much more enjoyable call than uh, than making the other ones. So, <laughs> and 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 just to kind of follow up on that too, uh, as we talk about unveiling the roster and announcing it, how how difficult was it? I know it was an, an unintentional flub from the IIHF. They accidentally tweet out your roster the day before. Uh, how did you find out about that leak, and what was your what was uh, what was your reaction? Yeah, we, when we found it out, we felt bad because the the Canadian Olympic Committee had done a great job of putting together the presentation that they did, and we wanted that to be special for for the kids that got to announce all the players across Canada and to do it all that way. Um, we'd already informed everyone that it was on the team, so they knew that they were on the team, and uh, and. It was a, it was one of those things that in, in today's world, I mean, it's hard to keep anything from anybody for very long. So the fact that it had stayed that quiet for that long, we tried to stay very, very quiet just because we wanted to give ourselves as much runway as we can. Obviously, times are unique with COVID and, and everything that goes along with that. There wasn't like a, a live tweeting of, of the roster right before everything came out, like, you know, the expansion. With the Seattle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I just turned my phone off for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I respected the, how committed the league was to the bit, though. I remember there was like a, a story on NHL.com, and it was like, who's going to get taken in expansion? Find out at 8 p.m. Eastern. I was just like, oh, that's no, all right. It's we still, found it's out fine. already. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> one of the other questions from me, Shane, you know, I feel like no, this isn't the NHLers at the Olympics, which is what a lot of people wanted. But I think there's a, an opportunity here um, for a lot of really great stories. This is a great opportunity for a lot of these players going to be playing in this tournament. Is there somebody else that we maybe haven't spoken about that we should really be looking out for or someone that could really kind of have a big moment on the international stage here? Well, there's, I mean, there's some guys that, that have had chances in the past that are going to get another chance. You look at a guy like Josh Hosang that's getting an opportunity to play in this um, and play for his country. I think it's a special moment. Um, Matt Tompkins is a goaltender that we that's coming that we're really excited about. Devin Levi has, I don't know if you've seen his stats and what he's done in the NCAA. It's literally ridiculous what he's been doing. Uh, Eddie has been, our, our, our three goaltenders I think are all, it was such a cool story because all three of them were called and were like, I want to be on the team. I don't care where I'm at. Just let me be on the team. I want to be on this team. And we were, we were in the process of calling them and they were calling to let us know how they don't care. We'll be in it. We'll play in any position one, two or three. And, and so I think that was, that's something that as a, as you see the love of our, of our country and for our national program, that makes it special. Um, there's guys up front. I'm a, I'm a big Cracknell fan. I think the way that he, he plays the game, Adam Tambellini. I just, there's going to be guys that are going to jump off the page for us that are going to have to have big tournaments that it's going to change kind of their whole, their whole hockey career. And the, and the fact that 
they could win a gold for Team Canada, and that'd be a huge part of it. And I think that's special. I was curious about Devin Levi specifically. I mean, he's having a historically good season at Northeastern. I think our prospect writer, Scott Wheeler, was saying, you know, he's a legitimate Hobie Baker front runner. And for him to be leaving that behind to come to this yes. tournament, it's pretty big. Like, can we expect him to get in some games because he left? Or that was just him being like, I know I'm having a great NCAA career, but this is the Olympics. This is my country. I want to be there. Uh, yeah, I think there's a huge element of that. Like, there's both. I think that he is in the, one of the front runners for the Hobie. Probably him and Jack McBain. Jack McBain's been having an unbelievable year as well. He's on the team. He's somebody that uh, I know his dad. And for him to get on this team was was a cool moment too. Um, it's one of those, I think, what Levi's doing in Northeastern is uh, he has nine shutouts in like 19 games. Like, it's unbelievable. Um and we'll see. I mean, that's obviously going to be up to the coaching staff to make that decision. Uh, but that's what camp's all about. And all three of the guys were so comfortable with all three. And we're, we're fortunate to have that. Did you guys as a group, or, or maybe the question should be, what, what did Hockey Canada learn from the 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang? Uh, very similar circumstances in terms of it not being a best on best, uh, not having NHLers there. Are there any lessons, uh, Shane, from 2018 that your group can bring into to 2022? Just that anyone can win any at any point. You look at, obviously, I don't think anyone would have picked Germany to be a silver medalist at the Olympics in 2018 going into that tournament. And they were a minute and a half away from winning gold. So anybody can beat anyone, which is incredibly hard to deal with because <laughs> we're going to have to beat you. You know, it's uh, any every single game is going to be that important. And yet at the same time, it's encouraging. It's an every single game is going to be that important. And it's a double-edged sword, and you understand it goes both ways. And Can't wait for the opportunity to do that. I guess the only one for me, I guess it's different because you're going from Switzerland. Because So we have a rivalry with our American colleagues. They have a podcast on Tuesdays, and they spoke oh, okay. to head coach David Quinn. So we obviously won up them with the general manager and Shane Doan. <laughs> so that's whatever, but we don't have to talk about that. I, I, heard, I heard Claude said no, though, so... No, I'm done. Just I'm no, no, no. I'm just, <laughs> don't yeah. do that to us. Yeah. Whose side are no, you no. on? Yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. I was just kidding. I'm kidding. He would never. <laughs> but, do that. that would be tough. Oh man. Uh, but you know, they were talking about just the the flight. It's like a 24 hour flight. It's different because you're in Switzerland, but yeah. it's still pretty long. Like, what do you do? Do you you know? Are you a work guy on the plane? Are you a just like sleep the uh, whole time Netflix guy? I don't know. I think uh, it's so long. I think I'm going to be a little bit of everything, trying to get everything organized, get everything in place. Hockey Canada, Scott Salmon, Tom Rennie, those guys, they are incredible. They have everything organized. Uh, Tyler Dietrich has everything down to like the minutia of everything is so in place. So that part, the flight, we will, I mean, we understand that there's a lot when we get in that first night to kind of get everything organized. So we'll be taking care of that. But then probably I'll probably watch some Netflix. And if we can get some live TV, maybe watch a couple of hockey games or something. Um, but, you know, it depends on what it is. Play a little Sudoku. I like Sudoku. So maybe do a little Sudoku. <laughs> That's, I always do that on flights. When I get like bored of reading or sick of yeah. just staring at the little plane on the screen at the back of the seat, yeah. I feel like yeah. I do that. I don't know why. It doesn't move any faster. But, yeah, that's a good one. That's perfect. Did, did you, have you gotten into the Wordle craze, by the way? 
well, I have dyslexia, so I can't spell like at all. And it's so, and my wife is like unbelievable at all of those yeah. and finds it funny to ask me to help. And I'm like, really, that's, that's, that's not very nice, hon. That's kind of mean. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, I didn't ever get into that. That's why Sudoku works for me because there's no letters. Yeah, I can yeah. just do the numbers side. I was a huge card guy. I played cards. I don't think I slept today or for one minute on the plane when I played. So this is a little ridiculous. So how long this flight will be. So I'll probably sleep for a while on that one. Yeah. You probably can't play poker with like 19 year old. I guess you could. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> maybe, maybe I can get some of the staff. We'll play different. a little hearts, a little spades, maybe play a little, yeah. you know, team games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to uh, to wrap this up, a couple of quick questions for you. When I think, or when hockey fans think of the greatest game-winning goals to clinch a tournament for Canada, they think Paul Henderson in 72, Mario in 87, Sid in 2010, they don't give enough love to Shane Doan in 2009. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Yes. Hey, I always joke about it. I do joke about it. It's the only goal I scored. So maybe that's why if I'd scored more than one, then I might've made that had a little bit more influence, but that's okay. It was yeah. a third period, big goal. Still loved it. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. yeah put yeah. the word out there. I don't think you get enough love. You don't get enough credit. <laughs> All right. Well, you credit. guys can start that. You guys can start that. I, I, I feel really slighted. I'm, I get to be the GM of the can the Canadian Olympic team. So I, I'm really slighted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's tough. I'm exactly. so sorry. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, I know. It's been tough. It's been <laughs> tough. All right. And, and to wrap it up, look, and, and that was a game-winning, uh, tournament-winning goal against the Finns in 2004. So you played at the World Cup. You mentioned you had a, an Olympic experience. Um, what, in, a, in, a, in an ideal world for Shane Doan, what would a best-on-best best calendar look like down the road? Would you like to see NHLers in the Olympics? Would you like to see the World Cup worked in, either or, both? Like, what, What's an ideal scenario, you think, moving forward for best-on-best best hockey? I, I for sure think that we should be in the Olympics, but hey, that's just my own personal opinion. Lots of people disagree with that. Um, the Olympics is the best part of sports, period. Like it's not, it's not our sport. It's not. It's just the best part of sports, period. The there's no, there's nothing. There's no money. There's no nothing. It's just who's the best, and we go out there, and the whole world comes together, and there's a respect, and there's a appreciation for each culture and you get to see different places. And I think it's fascinating. I think the Olympics and the idea of what the Greeks had when they started it is just phenomenal that it's carried on this long. So I think if you have any chance to be part of that, I think that's cool. And I think that's important. That being said, I am the biggest hockey Canada, like Canada cup back in, in the 87 and the 91 and I was like, that was in my wheelhouse and I love that too. And I was so excited. It's, I think if there's a chance to do both, I think the more we can see that, the better you look at the Euro, uh, when, the, when they do the Euro championships for soccer and then the world cup for soccer, it's every two years. I think you could do that in hockey with the Olympics and the world cup as well. I think it would be something that'd be special because I mean, it doesn't get any better than watching the absolute best of the best play against each other. It's phenomenal. As an athlete, you love watching it. As a fan, it's fun to watch. So I think that's cool. The more we can see it, the better. Awesome. Well, uh, well said. And listen, because Haley and I are from Canada, we can say best of luck to you yeah. at the Olympic Games. We want that's you right. to bring home the gold. That's why I wouldn't do those guys' podcasts. I'd only do yeah. your guys' podcasts. There we go. Take that, yeah. Tuesday Thank Show. You. Uh, yeah. 
Jay, thanks so much. The general manager of uh, Team Canada and the hero of the 2004 World Cup of Hockey, Shane. Uh Thanks for doing this. You're the man, Ian. Thanks. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right. that Like I said, uh, that was a lot of fun with Shane Doan and uh, where that conversation ended on the, the, the recording, like we said earlier, it, it went on for 10 or 15 minutes. So he was great. And uh, that's just another piece of uh, research information for Haley Salvian when she goes on the panel. Uh, now, here's, here's, here's a legitimate question now. Now, if something comes up that, you know, Shane Doan referred to from this interview, when you're on the CBC panel, do you say, you know, Harner Ryan, as Shane Doan told us on the Athletic Hockey Show, insert quote here, or do you just leave our little podcast out of it? I think you leave the podcast out, right? Um, I mean, I think everyone knows like that I work for the athletic and, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Am I going to quote Shane Doan or are we going to get Shane Doan on the show? I don't know. Well, then if you get Shane Doan live on your show, you could say, Shane, you know, as you told us a couple of weeks ago on the athletic hockey show podcast. So you got to one time. Our listeners are asking for one name drop of this podcast. And it has to be seamless. Well, thank you, PJ. You know, as you as you you bring that up, I can't help but think of this discussion we had on the Athletic Hockey Show. That's it. Oh it's God. just just a nice little quick. Yeah, Harner Ryan, excellent. I'll bring point. it up, but I won't bring up you. Yeah, I didn't ask for my name to be mentioned. I'm looking for the podcast to be plugged to a national audience. Do we not have a national audience? Can can we have a like a, like a television? Television. Do this we have is an app- why I'm taking three weeks off. For everyone listening, I'm just trying. I'm just you trying hear. To, <laughs> to push the pod to the next level, and I'm looking to right. maximize uh, marketing, marketing stuff. Hey, uh, right. We've spent a good chunk of time talking about the Olympics. Probably the biggest story in the hockey world of the weekend of Andrew Kane. 
makes his Edmonton Oilers debut. And look, he signs the contract uh, with the Oilers late last week, does the introductory press conference. I'll be honest with you. I thought, you know, maybe it'll take two or three practices and just see where he's at. They parachute him right into the lineup. He scores to open the game against Montreal. They completely wipe out the Habs in that game. Now, Edmonton's on a little bit of a roll here. They've won some games. Evander Kane joins the, the, the group. He's scoring to start off with. How do, how do we feel like this is going to play itself out? Um, do, do, do you think that, that Edmonton has turned the corner now and they're, they're okay? Are they still volatile? Like, how, how, do you, how do you see the Oilers right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably way too soon to tell if if they've turned the corner for good. I mean, it's been – they're on a four-game winning streak. Um, they've had one game with Evander Kane. It's definitely way too early to to sit here and say, yeah, absolutely, like this is the fix that they were looking for because, you know, as we've already seen with the Oilers, that, you know, their goalies can go cold um, or their depth scoring can go cold. Um, you know, some there's streaks. Like that's hockey. Like it happens – um, I, I still, I, we knew this was going to happen with Evander Kane. Like it was never a question of, is he a good hockey player? Like we all knew that. And that's exactly why on the show, um, a, you know, two, three weeks ago, I said like, someone's going to bite on this because he's a 20 goal scorer guaranteed. Um, he's a very skilled player. He was the best player on the sharks. Um, and he was like, you know, heading into the trade deadline time, like he's the most skilled player who was available on the market. So we knew, we knew that teams were going to go and get him because teams value goal scoring and they value skill and offensive production. So I'm not surprised that the Oilers signed him. I'm not surprised that he scored a goal in his debut. I'm not surprised that he looks good with Connor McDavid. We knew this was going to happen. Um, what is it going to look like long-term with him in that locker room? I don't know. Um, I don't, love I didn't love the interview that he did with Kayla Gray I didn't love the and Kayla's great she does a great job at TSN um but I just found listening to that and listening to the media availability like it almost felt like gaslighting like everything that everyone's saying about me is completely in like you know 100% untrue um I don't want to talk about that <laughs> uh like I think on the the episode or the interview he did on TSN, he said, I just want to clear things up. And then, you know, immediately with one of the questions, it was, I don't want to get into that. So it didn't seem like there was a ton of ownership to what's happened in the past. And I don't know if that, you know, speaks to, hey, maybe we all just got it wrong. Maybe we all just listened to false media reports and this is going to be fine. Or maybe there is, you know, a complete lack of, you know, acknowledgement for his role in things that have happened. And maybe it's somewhere in between. I don't know. I don't know Evander Kane. I've never been in any of those locker rooms. So I don't know how it's going to work out that way in that Edmonton Oilers locker room. Um, but I'm not surprised that he played well. The one thing <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and I think it's a great point, um, and this is a bit of an aside, Ian. If you're... Connor McDavid's agent. And Connor McDavid is answering questions all the time now about Evander Kane. And every time he talks about his teammate, he, Connor McDavid's going to get shredded on social media. If you're his agent, are you not pissed off at the Oilers for putting his client in that position? Because what is, look, I don't agree with what Connor McDavid said, 
I thought his response to the Evander King questions a couple weeks ago was weak. But what is he supposed to say when it's basically already done? Is he going to shred the guy who's about to be in that locker room? Like, it's everything's always about the we and winning. Like, are you not mad like that your client is in that position now to consistently be answering questions about someone? Because what is he supposed to say? I don't know. Okay, don't you think that Connor McDavid has enough sway that if you're going to add a Vander Kane to your lineup, they would have gone to him first? I think so. Yes. I don't think you bring yeah. a Vander Kane in. So Connor McDavid doesn't get to point. play both sides of the fence. Either he was on yeah. board with it or he's not. And if he wasn't on board, Vander Kane doesn't come to Edmonton, right? Like, I, I think it's fair to say. It's, it's much like Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, where if the guy doesn't sign off on it, he's not coming. Like, there's certain athletes, I think, in team sports. LeBron James would probably have the same cachet. I think McDavid has it. Crosby probably Crosby. has it in Pittsburgh. You know, and then, right. you know, whatever. Pick your pick your athletes. But if you're in that stratosphere, there's no general manager that's going to make a polarizing move without coming to you to consult, uh, consult first. Now, if they make a waiver wire pickup, do they go to Connor McDavid? I'm going to say no. But mm -hmm. if they're making a move as potentially as, um, you know, f inflammatory as adding Evander Kane... You're damn well, yeah. uh, damn sure you go to, to McDavid. So I, I, the idea that, you know, oh, now McDavid's in a tough spot. Hey, if he didn't agree with it, I think he wouldn't have been there to begin with. And I think he knows yeah. that Evander Kane's his meal ticket. And, and they played together. Uh, I was just looking it up at Natural Stat Trick. Saturday night's game, they played about 15 minutes together at even strength. It was Kyler Yamamoto, Connor McDavid, and Evander Kane. And what's interesting is, Haley, the underlying numbers weren't very good. In fact... Edmonton didn't they didn't even play that well. They just, you know, I got mean, lucky, so to, so, so to speak. And um yeah. it's not like they dominated the game. They won seven, six, seven to two, and they didn't really outplay the Habs. So what I want to see is let's see, you know, let's let's give it a week or two or three or whatever, but let's see Evander Kane uh when the Oilers lose two or three in a row and things start to be a little bit uh, you know, iffy or whatever. How how is that situation handled in Edmonton? But hey, first game, they got to be happy. He scored and they won, right? Yeah, against the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. They have, I was looking this up last night. Um, Jacob Markstrom has seven shutouts this season. The, uh, the Montreal Canadiens have eight wins this season. You know, like somebody brought up the point. I don't think it'll happen. But imagine if the Montreal, like last year on route to the Stanley Cup, Haley, the Canadians won 13 games in the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? They won 13 games mm -hmm. before losing to Tampa. This would be the first time in history. I don't think it'll happen, but can you imagine a team wins fewer games in the following regular season than they won in a single playoff year the year before? Oh God. I don't think I mean, it'll happen. I think they win Six more games. Five, yeah, five. Five, or six five more. to tie, six to, <laughs> to to win more. But my goodness gracious, it is it is dark there. Really uplifting and yeah. positive to see Kerry Price back into the equation, though. I think that was a a great story for the weekend. Watching him at the game on on Saturday, seeing him back and and speaking and all that. Like this is this is going to be a a good thing um, for for Montreal fans to look forward to at some point. But you're right, mm -hmm. this has been an awful year, just awful. Yeah. Yep. And I think, you know, a lot of people probably, like, I, I think we said, like, you know, there's no way this team takes, you know, a positive step. I think 
You know, they were, for some teams, I think they were like the perfect example of just get in and anything can happen. And I think um, a lot of fans see that and they're just like, no, because, you know, let's just say like the Calgary Flames, like this is a team who, um, you know, they haven't made big sweeping changes. They haven't, you know, gone and grabbed like a big player. They lost the Eichel sweepstakes, et cetera. And I think the Montreal Canadiens are probably an example to teams like the Flames, like the Sens, you know, anyone who's kind of in that middle tier of the league, just get in. And like, they're the perfect example, just get in the playoffs and anything can happen. Like you don't have to go all in. Don't you don't have to sell the farm to go and get that big player because you just have to get in the playoffs and just anything can happen once you're there. Um, but I think they're also like a pretty good warning sign of like just because you're in the playoffs doesn't mean you're uh, gonna automatically be a great team next year. Obviously, a lot's happened since then. You know, they lost Philip Deneau and and Carey Price hasn't played this season. Cole Caulfield isn't as electric as he was in the playoffs. It's it's a very it's a very very different Montreal Canadiens team than we saw in the playoffs. Yeah, Shea um, Weber too. Um, yeah, you know uh, Petrie hasn't been as effective. Yeah, go down the list. It's yeah. not. It's Thomas not the same. Thomas even though he didn't really play in the playoffs, but yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been totally different. Hey, speaking of the Habs, we're going to wrap up this Monday edition of the podcast by talking about something that happened to the Habs uh, last week, and. Um, and that was the Trevor Zegris goal. Trevor Zegris did it again, Haley. On, on, on Thursday night, he scored an unbelievable lacrosse-style goal against Montreal. So to wrap up the show, we got one multiple-choice madness question, which is simply this. Which Trevor Zegris goal from this season did you find more impressive? Was it A, that lacrosse-style goal against Montreal last week, or B, that over-the-net assist where he flipped the puck over to Sonny Milano and Milano batted it in out of the air for a goal, which was more impressive to you? Yeah, I think it's a really hard one, and I don't think you can be wrong. I really liked, I mean, the one to Sonny Milano was really cool because, you know, it was just like, oh my God, what just happened? Like, there was that, like, did he do the Michigan? Like, how did that, did he, I, you know, I think you watch it at first, and it's like, did he just throw the puck? Like, did he just deflect it off the goalie's back and in? Like, what ha- Like, you had to re-watch it to really know what happened, I think. And even Trevor Zegers was shocked. But I think the skill level to see him do that Michigan goal, the lacrosse-style goal, completely in stride, like, I don't know, it was smooth. Like, it the, the it was, I don't know the another way to describe it. It was just so smooth. Like, he didn't break his stride. Like, he just picked the puck up, skate around the net, like, all in one swoop. Like, I don't know. The, it, was, it was impressive. So I think I'm going to go with the lacrosse goal against... Montreal. Um, but I think I've waffled <laughs> on it a couple of times, to be honest. But like, I think the lacrosse goal was, you know, again, like I said, just the ability to to do it in stride the way that he did. Um, and f- like, it looked like it was full speed. It was, it was just really impressive. Can I, can I ask a follow-up question here before I give my answer here? And this isn't directed at you. This is at all of us in the hockey community. Why do we call that goal the Michigan? And I say that because, yeah, the guy the guy's name was Mike Leg, and he played for Michigan. Why don't we call it the Leg, like or the Mike Leg? Like, why does his program get the credit? Like, we don't like, like Peter Forsberg scored this unbelievable goal in the Olympics years ago. We don't be like, ah, oh, he pulled the Sweden. Like, how come this guy, this Mike Leg guy, doesn't get the credit? Why? Why is it called the I mean, Michigan? It's his program. It's I not mean, the guy. The Leg sounds weird. I guess leg up something. I don't know. Like 
No, I feel the like Michigan the, just makes sense because it was done with Michigan. I don't know. It sounds better. It's just but like, you know, you know what bothered me? You know what actually bothered me? And like, it's just going to yeah. seem like I'm a Carolina Hurricanes hater, which I'm not. But like last year when everyone was trying to turn it into the Svetch, I was like, can we not? Can we not? Okay. But they were going to He did it not into- create it. He did not create that move. He was not the first person to do that move. I guess, in the, whatever. But I was just like, no, like it's n- no. Are we going to start calling it the Zegras? Okay, but but maybe, <laughs> but we wouldn't call it the Anaheim, and we didn't call it the Carolina because Why the leg sounds the stupid. That, so the now leg we're penalizing weird. the dude for his name. Like if his name yes. was some, <laughs> if his name was Smith or Thompson or Salvian, it would have been okay. I don't know. I don't know. I just think the Michigan works. It works. Okay. Well, listen, I'm going to say I like the one over the net. I think that was cool just because we've never seen that before. I think that's the the cooler one out of the two. We've never seen that before. We've seen the the Michigan one before, but we've never seen that one. So to me, I kind of feel like what what Milano and Zegers did in that game, because we've never seen it before, I felt like it was a little bit more impressive. So I'm going to give it the 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 nudge or, or, or the nod. And at some point here, maybe the, we can get some answers in our comment section. Can somebody explain to us why it's not called the Mike Leg and why it is called the Michigan? That's all we're asking for. It's all I'm asking for, really. I, I don't mind your explanation, Haley, that, you know what, Leg is a weird name to work with. I get it, but can somebody explain to me, like, do, do, do you at least see my point? Like, there's a legitimate point here, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. That's, you know what? Coming from you. I think you're irrationally, up, I think you're irrationally upset about this. Yeah, because I, I think you know, you know that I, I, I think you hate the fact that you know that I have a point. You're like, damn, he has a point and I can't quite fight it, so... We'll leave it there. I just don't don't care. Yeah, I know. I I just don't care. The Haley Salvian motto has come out one more time. All right. Hey, we we do wish you, though, safe travels to and from Toronto. We are going to be, we're cheering along because we are. We're really proud of you for this opportunity. We know you're going to knock it out of the park. So we're excited to watch you get that uh, exposure that you deserve. And just remember, one little reference to the Athletic Hockey Show. Slide it in at some point, even especially if it, you know it's going to be like a re-aired at four in the morning or something like that. Just slide it in there and uh, and give a shout out to our, our listeners here at our, at our little show. Yeah, we'll see if it happens organically. <laughs> organically. Yeah, like Harner Ryan's going to say, by chance, does anybody here work on a podcast? Yeah, that's not going to happen yeah, organically. Yeah. All right. But hey, safe travels. Do you at least have... A like, but but there's there's how come there's no in betweens with flights? Either you fly out at like seven a.m. or like seven p.m. Yeah. There's very rarely to get like a two p.m. flight. What's your, what's your what's your itinerary here? Decent flight or eight thirty? Eight thirty is not thirty. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish it was. So I wish every terrible. flight left at noon. I would feel so much more relaxed. You know, just leave it noon. Yeah. Why? Why can't every if flight your flights leave at eight thirty? We all know we're not getting up at like seven. Yeah. Get to the airport like you, it's yeah, way earlier. Are you one of those dads who like 
If your family's flying somewhere, you make them all leave like four hours before yeah, the flight like, or something. That's not one of those dads. It's all of the dads. All of the dads are like that. I still remember like flying to Florida as a kid to visit family and the flights at like noon. It's like 6 a.m. It's like, all right, everyone up. That's 100%. We're leaving. That's 100%. That's me. Dad vibes. Got to make good time. That's a huge. Yeah. It's a huge thing. Yeah. And you just sit at the airport for three yeah. hours. Like, yeah. Why are we here so early, Dad? And then yeah. and then every so often you mumble, well, I'd rather be waiting on this side than stuck in the lineup for security on the other. Yeah. It, trust me. I know. I know. All right. We'll leave it there. But hey, safe travels we are. We are super excited for you. And maybe maybe at some point in February, maybe we can sneak you on as a quick guest at some point, get like a little mm-hmm. Olympic update from you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'll check my schedule. Okay. That, that sounds like a firm maybe. All right. We're going to leave it there. Uh, and we want to remind uh, remind our listeners here. Actually, we have a new uh, athletic uh, kind of hockey-related podcast uh, starting this week. It is uh, our, our colleague, Arthur Staple, is launching a brand new New York Rangers podcast. It is called The Garden Faithful. It, it uh, launches uh, this week, uh, Tuesday, in fact, February the 1st. Uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, you can follow along the new podcast, The Garden Faithful, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, they're going to lead it off with Stephen Valaket as uh, as their first mm-hmm. guest. So he was a great goaltender, long time in the National Hockey League and uh, pro levels. He's uh, leading things off as uh, he's the MSG Network Analyst. Stephen Valaket will join Arthur Staple. And uh, it's the new Garden Faithful podcast that uh, launches this week. And we want to remind you as well, if you are a, a listener here with The Athletic Hockey Show, you can get an annual subscription to The Athletic. It's just $3.99 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show.